All right, we are back here talking summer movies like a tradition on this podcast. Not gonna do it last year with the COVID, but I'm glad to bring back in our resident film critic, a very busy man these days, the great John Stanko is back with us. John, how are you? Mike, appreciate you having me. Very glad to be here. Yes, very busy man, but uh, happy to take the time to talk some summer movies because movie theaters are opening back up. Life's getting back to normal and uh, hopefully the movie schedule is as well. Yeah, I mean, I have not gone back to a theater yet. I have a Target movie in mind I'm going to go see, but I understand you've gone back. What was that like for you? I did. I went to go see uh, The Wrath of Man, the new Guy Ritchie movie. I went to go see it with my girlfriend. I was surprised that she wanted to see the movie because it's not one that you would typically assume. But we went to go see it. Mike, it was magical. Uh, I was emotional. I literally jogged into the theater out of happiness. I bought way too many snacks. I finished them all before the movie started. Um, the movie itself was not not great. It wasn't terrible. It got better near the end. But uh, yeah, there was a classic anxiety of the screen wasn't properly focused to start, but then it fixed itself. We had one guy pull out his cell phone and I gave him the evil glare. He couldn't see me giving him the glare, but I gave him the glare. But it was great. It was wonderful to be back. Um, I plan on going this weekend to see one, maybe two movies um, to try and get back in the flow of things. But I found out there's a movie theater that's a mile and a half away from my new place, which is even more exciting. So things are looking up. I'm very excited to get back in the groove. And it was very happy to get back to my happy place. Yeah, it's definitely your happy place. My happy place will be when I get back to City Field. It's going to be the next couple of weeks. So that'll be exciting. Well, my number one happy place is Fenway Park. And I'm going to Fenway Park in July for Red Sox Yankees. So I... I, my girlfriend does not know what, what's in store when she sees oh, me step no. in front of Fenway Park. <laughs> Especially for Red Sox Yankees. Oh, yeah, for Red Sox Yankees, too. I mean, right now, right now, both teams are scuffling a little bit. The Yankees just stink right now. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, we'll see. Very excited for it. But movie theaters being back, i very, very happy to see it. I think there's one movie in particular that's going to really, like, kick off the theaters officially being reopened. But it, it's just great to kind of get back to some, back to some normalcy. It absolutely is. A little inside baseball. We were originally going to do this around Memorial Day, the unofficial kickoff of summer, but we are in time now basically for the real star of summer, which is only costs us about two movies and actually being out, but we'll still talk, we'll talk about them. Yes, for sure. Yeah, before we dive into the movies, though, we did talk last time we were on about doing the Knives Out 2 casting special. Unfortunately, we were a little late to the boat on that, but the cast is mostly filled in at this point. I mean, I'm looking online here. A bunch of sources have like the cast list up here for this movie, which is going to be on Netflix in the next couple of years. I mean, Obviously, Daniel Craig is bad. And you got some interesting names in here. I mean, you have Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn from WandaVision, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Madeline Klein, and the newest addition, Jessica Henwick. So what do you think about this group of characters we got here? One, I think Ryan Johnson just has to be super happy that he has created a, a movie that I think actors and actresses are calling him to be in. He yeah. could literally pick up the phone and just be like, hey, you want to be in this movie? And they're going to say yes. Because that first movie was so fun for everyone involved and everyone had a chance to shine in it, right? So that's my first thought with this cast is he could pick from the litter of what he wanted. And I, looking at this cast, it's diverse. I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited to see Leslie Odom and uh, Janelle Monet and going to be in a blockbuster movie that millions and millions of people are going to see. Very excited for that. Um I think Edward Norton is going to fit in great into whatever role he's in. And you mentioned Catherine Hahn. She is one of the more underrated funny people in Hollywood. She just always plays bit characters in movies that are absolutely hilarious. So, and I'm very excited to see what this is going to be. I, 
I have all the faith in Ryan Johnson. Knives Out, which is such a big hit, and it, I think, surpassed any expectations anyone had. So this cast, incredibly excited for what it could be. Yeah, I'm excited for Catherine Hahn. She's having a moment this year because obviously she had the big breakout in WandaVision where she really got to the mainstream, and now it's getting her in this movie. It's exciting to see what they do with her. Yeah, for sure. I have not seen WandaVision yet. You know I'm, I'm, I'm slow on the Marvel uptake. But, I mean, she I, I remember her most from Step Brothers because she was the crazy wife in Step Brothers. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time I was really introduced to her. But she's been in, absolute, she's been in, a, in a ton of stuff as big characters. Uh, she was in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. She was in a bunch of stuff that she's just immediately recognizable. I think she was in Bad Moms as well, which was actually a very, very funny comedy. So very excited for what she's going to bring. I think there's a ton of depth. Um, we haven't really seen Jessica Henwick in a comedic role before, to my knowledge. Um, so this will be something different for her. And we know that Dave Bautista, who's also in this movie, is just on a rocket ship in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, every single WWE wrestler is trying to emulate the career of Dave Bautista and The Rock at this point. So, And Bautista is now just flying higher, get, getting in this cast. Yeah, I mean, Jessica Henwick, the last I heard of her was when she was doing Colleen Wing and Iron Fist. So it's a big change of pace for her to be in this movie. It is, but she she was in a pair of movies, I think it was last year, that were well-reviewed, uh, On the Rocks and Love and Monsters. I saw Love and Monsters, and it was a very enjoyable action-adventure kind of family movie, and it was good, and she was good in it. Uh, so I think she is getting into more and more stuff just away from that Iron Fist uh, reputation, if you will. Uh, but this is going to be the first time I'm seeing her in something comedic. So I'm excited for it. it, it it's great. Uh, and also, Kate Hudson's in this movie. Uh, I was looking at Kate Hudson's IMDb. She's not been in a ton of really good movies lately. So I this, that was a strange pull I didn't really expect to see. Uh, but hopefully she can have a resurrection like Kate Winslet had with the mayor of Easttown. So uh, that one surprised me as well. Yeah, let's get some of these movies that are coming out this summer. I mean, I went down the list. I pulled some together here. I got a list of about eight movies we're going to go through. Plus, any we're give you your chance to have your own list of picks that you're going to fill in the blanks on. Because obviously, you know, I tend to go more mainstream. You tend to find those under-the-radar GMs you're excited about. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I, unfortunately, there's not as many underrated gems this summer because summer is blockbuster season, but I got a couple up my sleeve. All right. Let's start with a couple of ones that are already out, starting with A Quiet Place Part 2, which I which has had a very interesting fate here because the world premiere of that movie actually came back in March of 2020 before this started. I think it was supposed to come out a couple of weeks later. When it's world premiere, got shut down, came out around Memorial Day weekend, and then we had basically, it's out, it's doing well at the box office, it's going to be on Paramount Plus in 45 days after release, right where I'm going to check it out. Are you excited about this one? Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, this is the one that I'm going to see on Sunday. This is confirmed. Uh, I have not been able to see it yet just with my work schedule, but I've heard only good things about it. People are saying it's on par with the first one. I haven't heard anyone say it's better than the first one. Um, but the thing is, it, they're expanding this universe, I think, in hopefully a small, concentrated way, but just kind of expanding the scope of what happened with, with the world and why it is the way it is in, in this movie universe. So um, I'm very, very excited for it. Our, our friend Steve Colzo saw it and he enjoyed it. Um, and he's not even a big thriller or horror movie fan and he was still able to enjoy it. So I, again, high expectations for this movie. I'm really curious if it's going to be an Emily Blunt movie um, or if it's going to center more around the kids. I'm really curious the scope of, or who's going to be the central character of it now that John Krasinski is, is his character's dead. Uh, and he was kind of the main focal point of the first one. So that's where I'm most curious about where this movie leads. Yeah, I, same boat as you for me personally. Where like I've been so busy with stuff that I'm not able to get to the theater seat. But I also have a Paramount Plus guy. So like 
at this point, I'm getting close. And that's the 45 day window where I might just wait out and get it on Paramount plus. That's my strategy with this one. Yeah. I don't, I don't have Paramount plus. I have not bitten into that Apple. I'm trying to be smart with my finances and not have every single streaming platform, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Another one that came out early, Cruella, which the live action version of that move of the story of Cruella DeVille from the 101 Dalmatians, played by, I believe by Emma Stone, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's got the Disney Plus actors and it's in theaters. I've not seen much by what have you heard? Uh, only good things about it. The only negative thing I heard is that maybe it's slightly too long, as in like 10 minutes, 15 minutes too long. But everyone I've heard says Emma Stone is awesome in the role. Um, and it, it, it's incredibly well-reviewed for being a origin movie for something, for a character that not many people know or care about that deeply, I would think. 101 Dalmatians, for me, is a middle-tier Disney animation movie. It's nowhere near the top. But it does seem like Emma Stone kind of raises this movie and, and makes it something that is better than it has any right to be. Um, the fact that it's the number two rated movie on IMDb in terms of popularity and people searching it and looking for information about it tells you something about it. Um, so, and also I secretly in this movie excited for what Emma Thompson could do. Cause I think she's an underrated actress and her working alongside Emma Stone. I think that the one thing about this movie I know for sure is it will be nominated for best costume design and possibly makeup because every single trailer and preview and clip I've seen features a ridiculous outfit. So wouldn't be surprised to see this one uh, get Oscar nominated for that in the best costume category. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to definitely check out when it's free on Disney Plus. That's because that one I yeah. also have. So like, I can't, I'm not- I can't pay the thirty bucks to go and to watch it on Disney Plus. I might wait for I might wait for it to be free as well. Yeah, it's like whatever it is, forty five days, couple months. Like I'll see it. I'm not in a hurry to see it. That's my personal opinion. Random question: Have you ever seen the live action Cinderella? I think I've seen parts. I've never seen the whole thing. With Richard Madden and, and Lily James, I watched it last week. It is delightful. It yeah. is probably it, 1A, 1B between best live action remake between that and Beauty and the Beast. But it's not fair to have the beauty of Richard Madden and Lily James on the same screen together. It's just not fair. Like, I mean, it's literally Disney princess and princesses come to life. So, uh, but I would definitely check that one out. Though it's not on Disney Plus, which is the weird thing. Cinderella, yeah. the live action is not on Disney Plus. Yeah, you got to think it's like a rights issue or something with that. It's probably got to be, got to yeah. be. But flabbergasted when we were looking for it and it wasn't there. Yeah, where is it? Do you know? I uh, Luckily, my girlfriend owned it on Amazon. Otherwise, you have to rent it on Amazon. It is not streaming anywhere to my knowledge. Yeah, I could it, not find it in my, in the streaming services that I have. It's, it's one of those movies where you should be somewhere, but it's in that weird hole where the rights we negotiate. Like, like Spider-Verse in that spot right now where it should be on something, but it's not anywhere. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Speaking of... And, Another movie came out just last week and has got a lot of headlines, both positive and negative, into the heights. I mean, this one I fell on the radar for me. I got in big reviews. I've seen Lynn Manuel Moran had to go on and admitted that he screwed up some casting of this and it's not appropriate racially diverse for the communities representing. What do you think about Into the Heights? How have you heard? I'm going to be honest. I have not heard, I did not hear any of that criticism, which is interesting. Um, maybe I just haven't been as plugged in as you, but I, I have did not hear any of the criticism. Um, the only thing I've heard with this movie is that it's incredibly long. And if you don't like the musical type of thing that Lynn Lin Manuel Miranda does, then you're not going to truly enjoy this movie. Um, but I, I'm curious where I, so the, the diversity in the casting, Lynn Manuel Miranda admitted that it's not as diverse as it should be. I haven't heard any of this. Yeah, it says that basically the issue is a colorism issue, and Lin-Manuel Moran's gotten heat because 
This is basically based on like a Latin American neighborhood. And he's because that's featuring dark skin, Afro Latinos in the background and dance. He's not as main characters, which, which they should be based on the background of the movie. Interesting. Okay. Cause I know this movie is kind of based off his life a little bit, like where he grew up and people who were in his life and, and how they impacted him and creating a story out of that. So uh, I'm curious to see, curious to hear about that controversy though. I'm still very excited to see this movie. I plan on seeing it. It's one that my girlfriend wants to watch with me. So we need to find the time to do it, but I'm very, very excited to see this movie. And I want to see it in theaters because I feel like you'd be sucked into the world more. Um, but again, I haven't heard anything bad about it. And I, it's got like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone loves it. So I'm very curious to see that. Um, very curious to hear that, but that yeah. just makes me more intrigued to see the movie kind of with that lens and see if yeah. I believe it's true or not. Yeah, he he believes it's true apparently because he has apologized for not including enough actors in of like darker skin in the main roles. And I think also it's interesting because he's a guy who he's only the Oscar away from the EGOT. So like this is the movie you think he had a good shot at it for. So anything to see if that if this controversy impacts that chance, those chances for I, him. I I don't think the controversy. It's still very very early unless it gets unless it gets drummed up for next Oscar season. But the fact it's still coming out this early, I don't know. I think he's going to eventually get the EGOT. I don't know if it's going to be for this movie just because I haven't seen it, but I think that's going to do eventually happen. Yeah, and I feel like he's got to be the next one on the list to get the EGOT. Probably. Yeah, that's an elite. That's elite company. Yeah, and HBO Max is also that's where it's streaming right now. If you do not want to go to the theater for it, but you said you're planning to get to a theater for that. I'm going to try and get to a theater for it. However, if if I can't get to the theater within the next two weeks, it's going to be an eventual watch. Uh, watch somewhere. I'm on my flight to Florida for vacation, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the next one I got to get to, I think this is probably the one you have circled as the movie it's going to get the box office really revved up again. That's Fast 9. Yes. Yes, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Fast 9 is going to be the unofficial reopening of of cinema, of the movie theaters. Um, These movies are so popular, Mike, and I don't understand. I don't totally understand why. Uh, They are entertaining vessels but in terms of movies i don't think they're that high of quality um the, the majority of them i should say but i mean this movie is going to be a romp it's going to be absolutely insane um you got justin lynn returning to direct you got the whole entire cast coming back with the addition of john cena it's like i mean everything about this movie is built for blockbuster and built for billions of dollars will it be able to get that high with the still covid ramifications about partially opening theaters and stuff not entirely sure but this movie is going to be the the curtains opening up for movies for movie theaters to finally get back on the same track that they were on before COVID. Are you a big Fast Furious guy? You get this one that you have, you want to see? I, I'm not a big Fast and Furious guy. I enjoy the movies. I think a lot of them are good. They're not great. Fast Five was good. Fast Seven was good. I actually stand for Tokyo Drift. I think that's better than Fast the Fast and Furious Two or Fast Four. Um, it's there's something about the the idea of suspension of disbelief, right? And and just sucking yourself into a movie. And but sometimes you they just go too overboard or whatever. And the idea of family and familia, they just pound it on the head and on the nail every time they just start hammering you with that theme. And it's just like they gotta do something different. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's going to space. Um, I don't think the addition of Charlie's Throne, uh benefited this franchise at all i think she was in the last movie or whatever but like this movie's about family john cena is 
is freaking Vin Diesel's brother, is, is Toretto's brother, and we never knew about him before, and this is the ninth movie? That's crazy. It's a movie about family, but John Cena's just being introduced. It's just, it, it's in its own world. It's going to make possibly billions of dollars. I can't, like, I can't wrap my head around it, why people enjoy it so much. Will I see it eventually? Yes, but I'm not going to be jumping out of my window to see it. Yeah, I think it's going to be, when well, you factor in the China also, because it's huge over there. In the yeah, past it, weeks. yeah, I get it. It's just huge. And there's so many recognizable people in this movie. And and I get it. It's probably a movie that's a lot of fun to make, but it's, I I don't know. Like, I, I don't find Vin Diesel that great as Dominic Toretto. I'm sorry. He's not the most interesting character, yet he's the focal point for the familiar part. So it's like, whenever he's on the screen, I'm kind of bored. I'm more interested by the side characters, like Roman, played by Tyrese Gibson, or, or, uh, Ludacris playing his character. I don't remember what it is, but like they're funny. Like with it's when those side big characters get more involved where I get intrigued. It's when the main plot lines happens where I'm kind of like, I'm like, all right, let's go talk about family. Somebody's in danger. Oh, somebody lost the memory, but now we got to get it back because familia, we can never give up hope. So I don't know. Like I I now work at a place where it's the biggest Fast and the Furious fan I know in John Feidelberg. And if I think if I said this to him, he would absolutely hate me for it. But I'm going to see the movies event. I'm going to see the movie eventually, but it's just I'm not excited for it. Yeah, so that's Fast Nine. The other big one, for the first time in over almost two years, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. We've had three shows now. We have not had a movie yet. Black Widow is finally coming out. I know you have MCU fatigue, but how do you think this is going to do? I, I mean, I think it's going to do great. Uh, now, correct me. This is coming out on Disney Plus and theaters together, correct. right? You pay the thirty dollars on Disney Plus, or you go to the theaters. Yes. So it's going to make a ton of money, uh, people buying it at home or people going to the theaters. Uh, I'm surprised it's not just opening in theaters. It worries me a little bit that they're opening this for both venues, right? They did this with Mulan, and Mulan was not good. Um, and I think that's kind of why they didn't put Mulan just in theaters. Uh, or they didn't save it just for theaters, if you will. They, they put it on the platform. So um, I, I think this movie's going to make a ton of money. Be fair, they did Corella too, and Corella seems to be getting good reviews. You know what? That's a very fair point, but a very fair point. Um, I'm excited for Florence Pugh in this. I love Florence Pugh. Um, I think she's she's an uber talent. Uh, my question for you is because you are your Marvel connoisseur. Uh, do I need to have watched all the new shows to be able to appreciate this movie or to be able to see this movie? Because I know it takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. Um, but do I need to see the movies before? Do I need to see the TV shows before and before watching this? No. No, you're saying 100% confidence, no. No. I, you, the first two definitely do not tie into it. There'll be one thing you'll pick up on the second show, like, after the fact, but it's not major. Like, maybe a character show up that has, let's think was supposed to debut in this film. They debuted her in Falcon and Soldier instead. Okay. All right, well, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm Maybe. I don't know. This, this movie confused me because I think I would enjoy it. It's an action movie, right? It's got beautiful people in the movie. It's got David Harbour for the comedic relief. Everything about this movie I should like. It's just every Marvel project now seems like homework just to stay up to date. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of movies being homework. So yeah. I'm fighting my inner battle with the desire to go see a movie that I would probably like. Yeah. I think you probably like it. I think the problem also is with you, I think it's like also is that we are going back in time to a period that we last saw five years ago in the movie theater. Right. This which, movie theoretically means nothing yeah. to the entire story, which may be a reason I should go see it because in theory, it means nothing because all the events that happened after it are, are no, are like are in stone. If you will get it, infinity stones. Ha, yeah. ha, I'm funny. Um, because like she's dead, 
So I, I should, I, I don't know. I'm conflicted about it. Yeah, I think- hey, that, I need to go to therapy about this. And I need to talk about my Marvel emotions. Yeah, your Marvel emotions, they, they, Endgame made them very complicated. Yes, they are. They're, they're very, very complicated. Get me the next Thor movie, or frankly, I'm excited for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse, because I think that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I'm going to eventually watch everything. It's just, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it being homework. Yeah, the way I would say with the shows, and this is something I, I don't know about Loki as I've seen two episodes of Loki so far, but as far as the first two go, like they are fun supplemental viewing. But to me, if you like, for instance, with Wanda, who's in like Multiverse of Madness, you do not have to watch Wanda Vision to understand where she is going here. It adds to your experience, but you do not have to. You can you can pick up there. Same yeah, thing with it's where it's older too. It's like you see Steve, you see Sam get the shield. At, at the end of Endgame, in the new Captain America 4, say now it's at the end of that series, he's got the shield. Like, you yeah. don't need to see it. Like, if they made it so, like, it's basically an extra experience for you. I heard that WandaVision was much better than, than uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. That's, That's what I've heard. That is accurate. So, and I've heard only good things about Loki thus far, though I think Loki is the one that ties into the most of all the other Marvel movies and shows and that will have the most ramifications. So I will definitely need to watch that one before I see any new movies coming out, if you will, adding to the universe. The good news is Tom Hiddleston is delightful in, this, in that in that show. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I love Tom Hiddleston, and I think his banter with Owen Wilson, I've heard, is the best part of the show thus far and was the best part of the trailers. So, um, again, I, I if, of the three shows that have come out thus far, Loki is going to be the one I want to check out the most. Yeah, Loki. WandaVision is, I would say, also is a good period piece. It's like they do a good job reflecting all those like sitcoms. They do like honor the sitcom eras, like going through 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on, like that. Like Falcon Winter Soldier, the problem with that one is basically it's like I think it's just a, a idea they felt was not good enough for a movie. And it started chopped up their what they had for a movie in six scripts. It doesn't flow. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard like the, the first episode, like the, the pilot for Falcon Winter Soldier was not super great, but I heard it ended fairly well um, with. Yeah, with sad, a satisfactory but predictable ending. Pretty much. Is, is kind of the vibe I got. Okay. Let's move on from Black Widow here. We're going to want to know you're not super thrilled about, but I they still going to make a bazillion dollars because LeBron's in it. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Mike, did you see the latest trailer for this movie? I have not. I have stayed away from the trailers. So the latest trailer for, movie, for this movie had me feeling two things. One, I think this movie looks bad. Uh, I, the comedy just was not funny. I don't need a grandma sipping a martini in, in a locker room saying at, in a halftime thing and LeBron pointing it out. It just wasn't funny. Um, it, it looks kind of cool. But also, after feeling angry that this movie wasn't good, the latest trailer also told me that this movie was not meant for me. It is meant for a younger generation. It is meant for the 10-year-olds and, and 8-year-olds of now. It is not meant to pay homage to the movie of the past. And I think this latest trailer made that most uh, most obvious. So I think it's going to anger people, but it's also, I think, kind of cathartic just to know, I don't need to worry about this movie paying homage to a movie that I enjoyed as a kid. I can try and enjoy this movie on its own merits. Do I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot? No, I don't. But there's a chance that I'm going to be surprised. Um, LeBron James, for as much as he's annoying as a basketball player or as talented as a basketball player, he's, he's good on the screen. He knows how to have a presence. Um, I think the story is going to be incredibly cheesy and incredibly cliche, saving family, saving son, whatever it is. But I, I, I don't know. I, it's going to come out on HBO Max, so I'm going to see it because it's going to be free to me because I subscribe to HBO Max. 
Um, but I, my expectations for the movie are not incredibly high, but with, at the same time, I'm now excited to just watch it as a movie on its own. Yeah, I think the fun thing about that one also, I think I'm going to do that on the podcast with Sandra Rose, our pop culture correspondent, where that's in the calendar around here. I think the fun thing also with this movie is like, I like Don Cheadle being in it. I think he's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Don Cheadle's, John Cheadle's good. Um, he just had a new, he just had a trailer come out too for HBO Max movie coming out. And I'm going to be really upset because I can't remember the name of it off the top. But he, he's on a bit of a roll right now. He's going to have a good summer. So Don Cheadle, I mean, the only thing I know of Don Cheadle for recently is his, is his roles in Marvel. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be in something new. What is the new movie? No Sudden Move is a new movie coming out on HBO Max as well, uh, where he plays kind of a gangster thing. It looks like a gangster comedy crime thing. So Don Cheadle's on a bit of a hot streak right now with Space Jam and then No Sudden Move's coming out. Yeah, I also have, I have that one in mind. I think the one that I have circled for th- that I will see in the theater is Black Widow. Like that's the one I'm planning to go to an actual theater for. The other ones I'm probably doing the HBO Max, like Paramount Plus route, depending on like, because again, like stuff's ex- tick, movies are expensive. I'm sure they're probably even more expensive coming off of COVID, where they have to make the money back. So yeah, I think I think probably F9 is the one for me uh, of, of the ones coming out soon, just because I think you can only see it in theaters, right? There's no option to view it anywhere else. Yes. Yeah. So I think. Besides A Quiet Place 2, which I am definitely going to see, uh, Fast Night is going to be the next one. The other one I have on the calendar, I think it's in August, the interesting to me is the James Gunn Suicide Squad. I'm intrigued to see what he does with that franchise. I thought this trailer was much better than I expected. Uh, I thought John Cena was hilarious in this trailer. Speaking of me not understanding him in, fat, in F9, Fast 9, this movie, I think he's great as a peacemaker. So. This movie is going to be an absolute romp. I love the poster style that they went with, with like the old school, the old school 70s style poster. I think this movie is going to be ridiculous. And whether or not it's all going to work, I have no idea. But I am very, very excited for this movie. I trust James Gunn doing it because James Gunn is the right kind of person for this group of characters. Yes, he is, as long as he gets to have his own vision, which I think now, thanks to Zack Snyder and the Snyder Cut, uh, studios are going to be like okay maybe you could actually make a better movie than when we manipulate it so i i am excited for it. the trailer did make me laugh um it's it's i'm going to be excited to see margot robbie back as harley quinn because i think she's a very good harley quinn eaters elbows in this movie so you get the silver fox there it, i very very excited for this movie much more so than i thought i would be when that first trailer came out yeah i also think it's interesting is that you brought the idea that everybody has their own cuts to talk about i remember i saw on twitter earlier this morning somebody was they're joking around that there's a secret cut of like I think Batman Forever that like is a darker cut of it that but was shot down by WB executives. They wanted more jokes, so everybody's saying release that cut. I'm like, yeah, the the shoemaker uh, the Schumacher cut or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, I color me uh, not too excited to see that possible cut. I I don't see much potential in that movie. No, I don't. I don't either. I just think it's funny I, that everybody has their own cut. Yeah, I do think it's something to keep in mind is I believe the Peacemaker has an HBO Max deal for a show. So John Cena is going to be an HBO, HBO Max show, Yeah, um, which is going to be interesting how it ties into this movie. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if it takes place before or after, if, it's a, if that's even been made, been made public anywhere. Uh, but that's just something interesting to, to keep in mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be fun to watch. Though I, I, I'm wondering, I think at some point, guys, can we not try and make a director cut for every movie. I mean, like what's next? We got the super Mario brothers directors cut. <laughs> I, the, the thing is, I mean, sometimes the director's cuts are good. Like kingdom of heaven. Director's cut is good. The extended uh, director's cut of aliens is, is good. Um, some of them are not fr- frankly, Zack Snyder's justice league director's cut much better than the original. 
So it, there's good and there's bad. It's just, I think Sylvester Stallone is doing like a director's cut of like Rocky, one of the Rocky movies. I'm not sure if it was Rocky four maybe or whatever, but like sometimes you're just meddling too much. As long as it's not Rocky five, that movie cannot be redeemed in any form. No, that movie again needs to be burned. Be, needs to be burned forever and always. Yeah. I just, I just wish they could have just like completely like retconned in Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa was good. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the, the Rocky Balboa was a much different movie than Rocky five. So yeah. they, they tried to go a different, different way, different approach. But that again, listen, bad movies are going to happen. Indiana Jones and Christian Skull happens. Like bad movies are going to happen. It's really hard to keep a franchise up on a high level for the entire time. Look at Star Wars. You had the perfect foundation to to have a franchise that would last for infinity and beyond, and they still managed to, to mess it up. Yeah, I have another good example of that for you. Superman four, Superman four, Quest for Peace. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I stopped after Superman two. Yeah, uh, the old ones. I did not. I did not delve further. Superman two was good. Generals odd and everyone like that. And the old Superman. Yeah. I did not. I did not delve past the past two uh, on the Christopher Reeve Supermans. Superman 4, I watched it recently again. It is straight trash. It is so bad. <laughs> it's like, like it's so bad it's not even entertaining. It's just it's strictly on the bad category. It's really bad. Like they they are reusing special effects shots they cut the budget significantly then late in the process. It's only like a 90 minute movie for the rest of over 2 hours. The plot doesn't make sense. There are things that make no sense in the movie. It's really awful. Yeah, you just they had to make the money somehow. They had to they had to get some money somehow, so it killed Superman for like 20 years. Uh, it did. And to be fair, Superman Returns didn't really do much for it either. Yeah. Uh, if I recall, that didn't really reinvigorate anything. So yeah. it's like Henry Cavill being a, a sexy stud uh, with Man of Steel to kind of bring it back from the shadows. Yeah. Let's wrap this up here. What other movies that have piqued your interest this summer? Some of the ones you haven't talked about yet. Um, well, I think just one of note that a lot of people saw uh, was The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, I did watch this one on HBO Max and it's, by far the most disappointing in the Conjuring franchise. The movie just wasn't good. I gave it a C minus. Um, a lot of things that didn't work well with it for me. I won't dive into all of them now, but just it, it's a horror movie. And if you like horror movies, definitely turn it on just because you're comfortable with the characters and, and the genre, but it's just not a good movie on its own merits. But a lot of people saw that. Um, but speaking of another horror movie, actually trilogy that I'm really excited about is Fear Street. Uh, which is coming out on Netflix starting July 2nd, uh, based off the R.L. Stein book series. Um, this series reminds me a little bit of the movie that came out, I believe it was two years ago, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is based off another kind of horror book. Um, and so I love the idea that this is going to be a trilogy going three straight weeks, uh, starting with the most present time of like 19, uh, I think it was 1994. And then the second movie is 1966. And then it goes to like 1666, I believe. Uh, and it's like three movies, different stories, but one continuous story is kind of the way the trailer made it seem. Have you heard of this movie? Am I, am I I, I've heard of this. Riddles to you? I've heard of this. I've seen, I've seen this thing on Netflix that they're talking about this three separate weeks for each movie. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for it because I'm curious to see what it'll be like. Is it going to be like Haunted of Hill House uh, where it's a horror thing on Netflix that really catches people's attention? I'm excited for it. Uh, you also gave me a trilogy to look forward to. I'll, I'll buy into that. Um, but speaking of July 2nd, which is the first release date for the Fear Street, there's a movie coming out on Amazon Prime called The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. And I say this, Mike, this is going to be the most watched movie that Amazon Prime has ever put out strictly for its platform. 
but I think this movie looks like absolute trash. Um, oh it boy. might be what? Oh boy. Yeah. It, well, have you seen the trailer for this? Do you know? Do you know this movie? I know this movie. I've seen part of the trailer. So, like, so uh, Chris Pratt goes into the future to help save the world. He hooks up with a with a woman general uh, who looks a lot like her his younger daughter of yesteryears before it gets sent back to the future. You wonder if there's going to be a connection there. It's, it looks like a more, it looks just like a more CGI version of The Edge of Tomorrow with less grit, uh, frankly, a worse screenplay. Uh, it, it doesn't look very good. Am I going to watch it? Yes, it's an action movie. Um, but I, I'm not, I don't, my, again, my expectations are not very high for it. So that one's coming out on Amazon Prime on July 2nd as well. Yeah, that's interesting stuff here. I think later these will be fun for you too, because I mean, Dune's going to be coming out later this year. I saw that they pulled off HBO Max. You have to go to the theater for it now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I You have to see Dune in theater. I mean, Dune's going to be massive. Del, Denny Villeneuve, I will see anything that he does. Um, and that cast is just outrageous. Uh, it puts like the cast of Knives out to shame in terms of who's in that. So, uh, but I'll, I'll just route through some other ones quick that I'm really excited for. The Green Knight, uh, an A24 movie coming out this summer. Very excited for the Beatles Get Back documentary. I'm a Beatles fan. Grew up with the Beatles. Excited for that. Excited for the remake of, uh, or actually the spiritual sequel. If you can't see me, I'm doing quotations. That's what it's described as. The spiritual sequel of Candyman, which is being penned, at least in part, uh, by Jordan Peele. Uh, and every horror movie that he's had his hand in has been great. So excited for that one. And then another one that got a lot of attention when the trailer was released is uh, Remini Scene. I believe is the name of it. It's the new, it's a crazy title, but it's the new uh, HBO Max blockbuster that's coming out with Hugh Jackman and, and a really big cast. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson's in it as well. Uh, it looks a lot like Inception. There is a very high science fiction budget to it. Do I think it's going to be great? Don't really know, but that's one to keep an eye on because it's going to get a lot of buzz. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. And I'm sure we'll be back again in the future, do some, maybe even fall movie for you because I the fall, fall calendar got loaded too because of all the backlog. Well, that's the thing. And this is the backlog. All the award movies and stuff are going to be coming out late fall and in early winter, which is yeah. what I'm most excited for. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm very much excited for the fall and I'll be, I don't know how much free time I'll have in the fall with all the football happening, but any, any train trip I have to New Jersey, Philadelphia or to work is going to be spent watching movies. Absolutely. And also for people who are not aware, follow, don't follow John Zang on Twitter. You watched uh, Brokeback Mountain on the train. That was not probably a wise choice. No, no. It's been on my watch list for a while, Mike. And uh, the movie, amazing movie. Just straight and A plus phenomenal. Heath Ledger in that movie is just ridiculous. Um, so, so, so good. Uh, but don't watch a really sad, depressing movie in a public place. Like that's that's my advice to you. Uh, because I'm wiping away the tears in my eyes that are forming as that movie ends. And it's just like, oh my God. So oof, a great movie though. But yeah, don't recommend watching a sad movie in a public place. Yeah. I would I say also to you, do not watch soul in a public place. You've not done that yet. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You don't want to watch soul in a public place either. Any Pixar movie, I guess you could say possibly because there's seemingly always tears involved. Uh, so yeah, that's very true. Yeah, absolutely. John, thanks all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, if you follow on social media, what's some of the stuff you're up to? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or any social media at jstanko99, uh, or you could uh, could read my writing at stankosstance.wordpress.com. Absolutely. And John, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, man.